Live from Chatterbox Sports Studios, it's Off the Bench with Tom Brenneman. Well, good morning, good morning, good We come your way each and every day, Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. to noon Eastern Time. You can find us on YouTube. That's slash Chatterbox Sports. We ask, as always, that you please subscribe to the program. You can also find us streaming on Twitter and Facebook. And again, that's on our Chatterbox Sports page. Flip the notification switch on. If you prefer to join us in podcast form, by all means, please do. Search Off the Bench with Tom Brenneman. And you're dialed in. Bengals have the day off today. They get back at it tomorrow, preparing for Sunday's road game in Tampa. Brady and the Bucks, six and seven on the year, were throttled Sunday by the 49ers. And now all of a sudden, Tampa Bay, a desperate team, fighting for a playoff spot. The Bucks lead the division by a single game over Carolina. And Atlanta, who will now start Des Ritter, the former UC star at quarterback beginning this weekend. Cincinnati, meanwhile, winners of five straight, has opened as a three-and-a-half-point favorite in the game. Kickoff 425P on Sunday. James Rapine joins us shortly to talk about the very latest injury news on T. Higgins, Hayden Hurst, Trey Hendrickson, and Tyler Boyd. Last night in the desert, Patriots and Cardinals, it was hard to watch. Arizona quarterback Kyler Murray suffered what appeared to be a very serious knee injury. No official word yet. It was a non-contact play, but he's believed to have a torn ACL. The Patriots won the game 27-13, outscoring the Cardinals 14-10 in the second half. New England 7-6 on the year right now and holds the final wildcard spot in the AFC playoff picture. The Patriots own tie breaks over 7-6 LA Chargers and 7-6 New York Jets. The Cowboys got really bad news yesterday, learning that starting right tackle Terrence Steele will miss the rest of this season with a knee injury. In other Cowboy news, a team signed veteran wide receiver T.Y. Hilton for the stretch run. He's a four-time Pro Bowler. Spent the last 10 years in Indianapolis. He played in just 10 games last year due to multiple injuries. The 49ers, on the other hand, get pretty good news about Debo Samuel. You may remember he was carted off the field. Looked like a serious injury on Sunday. Turns out he has a knee injury, an ankle injury, but neither appears serious enough to keep him out for the rest of the year. You want to talk about a gamer. And we love gamers here on Off the Bench. That's Jets quarterback Mike White. If you didn't see it, this cat took an absolute pounding on Sunday against Buffalo. The guy left the game twice, and each each time came back to play in the game. His ribs were injured, but he says he's going to be ready to go. Come Sunday when the J-E-T-S Jets, Jets, Jets face the surging Lions. That's a big-time game. Who would have thunk that in the month of August? Sad news in college football. Mississippi State head coach Mike Leach passed away this morning at Jackson Hospital. Cause of death is heart-related. Leach coached at Texas Tech, Washington State, and Mississippi State. He was 61 years old. He survived by his wife, four children, 
and three grandchildren. Our thoughts and prayers to all who knew, and he coached part of his career. We'll talk more about it later at the University of Kentucky. And uh, what a fascinating man and a great football coach. College basketball, Xavier is back at it tonight against Southern. Tip-off at the Cintas Center. Paul will be there. That'll be at 7P. It's on FS1. Thanks for putting that in there, Paul. Got it. <laughs> new rankings are out. New number one is Purdue. They should have been number one before now with all the teams they've knocked off. Virginia, UConn, Alabama, and Houston, the former number one, round out the top five. Kentucky is 13, Indiana 14, Ohio State 23. Really, really interesting story here going on in Austin, Texas. I don't know if you've been reading about this, but Texas head coach Chris Beard was suspended by the school after being arrested on Sunday night on a felony domestic violence charge. Now, according to Beard's lawyer, now this is his side of the story, right? As we like to say, there's three sides to every story, your side, my side, and the truth. But according to Beard's lawyer, the complainant, okay, the person that suffered whatever injuries, whatever it might be, once Beard released immediately and does not want to press charges, Rodney Terry takes over on an interim basis. All right, boys, we say hello to the peanut gallery. As always, Casey McAllister, Paul Fritchner, the dunce over there, Brandon, say hello. What's the deal with the lid there? Casey. This? Oh, I just found this down in our, our storage, and I really love it. I really like it and just didn't want to take it off. It was cold this morning. Where and... is our storage? Because I walked in here today, somehow, some way, my son, our son, Luke, yeah. who is uh, far leaner, far more fit than his uh, 59-year-old dad, his dress shirt wound up in my closet. So I grabbed it this morning. I walked in here to try and to start buttoning it. No chance. No dice? No dice. Fat men don't wear teenager <laughs> shirts. I so I had to dig this out of uh, our buddies here at Headlines. I had to dig this out of their stash just a few minutes ago. It's a good look, though, but I, I like the chatter. We, 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 have a, we have a storage area with chatterbox stuff on it? Well, we, we have this in there, but we don't have, like, a ton of memorabilia down there that has chatterbox on it. This is a – I don't know if people can see, but it's the old logo. So we re re, re branded to right. the, the, the new logo behind right. you but uh we're in, 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 in to to wrap this up we are going <laughs> to get merch at some point but we don't have really anything to to give that has chatterbox for you during the show if that's what you're asking that and is it, what i'm asking and, and it's down the it's down on the bottom floor in the basement you have to get Do we have a the, basement here yeah yeah we, we got do. an elevator to the, the basement. Really? I just see all these guys working in this building all the time, and it was uh, 47 degrees one day in the studio last week when they had to shut down the HVAC. Yeah, yeah. You guys were in ski coats. Some of us were in T-shirts like the Bengals offensive lineman in the freezer bowl years ago. But you two guys look like you were in the Arctic going to, to hike around and check out polar bears. Well, I don't have a lot of meat on these bones, so it – I gotta, I gotta keep the layers just on. Just wait till you're my age. Tom, I gotta ask: Do you have any hangers left at your house? By the hundreds. By the hundreds. Oh, we gotta buy the hundreds here. Yes, we do. <laughs> yes, we do. Um, we have James Rapine coming up shortly to talk about everything going on with the Bengals. I read this morning from um, 
Paul Daner Jr., that they are not ruling out, and we'll talk more about this with uh, James Rapine in a minute. They are not ready to rule out Trey Hendrickson for this week. I didn't uh, think you they want would. to talk about a gamer. Yeah, I didn't think they would, honestly. Well, I mean, they haven't said. They haven't said yet that he's out for sure. Well, he's for sure not going on IR, right? Because that would mean he's out for the rest of the season. Like, yeah, regular season. He'd miss the last four games. Yeah, so I think that's maybe what they're trying to say is that he's got a chance to come back the last week or because that's what they re would really need him for is that last week in Baltimore. I could see if if we don't beat the Bills, like it doesn't probably matter at that point. You could probably rest your guys against Baltimore, but – Bills wouldn't hurt either if he was back for that game. Yeah, and didn't we say it's like a three-week – it's three weeks from now, right? Or three weeks from yesterday, that, that yes. recovery Monday timeline night. for Monday night football. So It's going to be a big-time atmosphere down there. It will Tell be. you what, you know, you, you look at this game this coming week against Tampa Bay, and again, James Rapine <clears throat> coming up in a matter of minutes. But the Tampa Bay has looked terrible. I mean, they, they've, on offense, they've looked terrible all year long. We've talked about all the injuries they've had on the offensive line. They have great skill position stars. But if you don't have anybody to block for Brady or block for Fournette, the running back, I mean, what good does it do you to have Mike Evans and, and Godwin and, and all these guys running all over the place? Uh, because Brady doesn't have time to throw the ball. But it's a desperate team. The Bengals have faced a lot of, quote, unquote, desperate teams. They did just this past week in Cleveland. Big rivalry, and, you know, Cleveland's trying to hang on and getting that wild card thing. And then New England last night. Um, I know Murray went down. Colt McCoy took over. He's a more than capable backup, but they couldn't do anything in the second half. New England's defense looked very good. And the Bengals, of course, play them in Foxborough. So you look at the last four weeks of the season, and we knew these would be tough games, uh, at least on paper. But now you add into the mix each of the four games they will play all involve teams uh, either trying to make the playoffs, as is the case with the next two opponents in Tampa Bay and New England, two teams on the back end, both at home, that are going to be in the playoffs, barring a just complete and utter, just, you know, falling apart at the seams. And even then, maybe both get in. Uh, but they're going to be playing for a seed. So these are some big-time games coming up for the Bengalis. It is. It really is. Um, and we'll, we'll talk more about Tampa. Um, I know we're getting a guy either Thursday or Friday um, to come on the show from the Tampa perspective, get a fan. Um, we haven't had that in a while. Uh, I don't remember the last time we've had a fan. Big low country. Was it big low that country? That is my man. I <laughs> – Big low country. I thought he was a grand slam. The big fella. <laughs> dancing last week. He was dancing. We wish we could pull that up, but it was in a live stream or something like Our that. Our guy Zim just knocks the cover off of it every time we put up the, uh, the, the clips from him on Twitter. I mean, it's thousands and thousands and thousands. Um, and we talked yesterday about his buddy. I'm going on his uh, podcast tomorrow night, Strawberry Ice. Strawberry Ice is not 6'5", he's 6'3". But have you seen the clip of him running around his neighborhood cul-de-sac when the Bengals win a game? Strawberry Ice? Strawberry Ice. No, I'm not. He gets his family, I'm assuming it's his family, he looked like a, a wife and two or three kids, and they live in a cul-de-sac, right? Yeah. And so after every Bengals game, Strawberry Ice, he was a guy that made that sweatshirt that uh, Zim Hude had on yesterday. 
He's got this enormous Bengals flag in the flagpole. And right after the game is over, he lines up his family in military fashion. And they go running around the cul-de-sac, screaming who day and singing <laughs> two or three times. That's funny. He's into it, big time. So, that's really funny. I didn't know that. Um, when I was a kid, I used to watch the Bengals games at my grandparents' house. And my oldest cousin, Ben, he's a loyal watcher, viewer, listener. So he'll know what I'm talking about. He would take a pretty much what we made was a trumpet after every Bengals game. You we made had a, a trumpet? Kind of. It's not like an actual trumpet. It's just like PVC pipe that he would use to like gotcha. blow. Okay. And he was a... He was actually a trumpet player in the band, though. Wow, the marching okay. band. All right, so he knew what he was doing. Yeah, he knew what he was doing. And he put a flag on there, and after every Bengals victory, he would go out there and blow the horn in the neighborhood where my grandparents were, uh, knew that when we won, that that trumpet was going off, or we won because the trumpet And, I mean, back off. in those days, you know, you didn't have the well, – was the internet born yet? Computers yeah, yeah. and cell phones? <laughs> I mean, serious when I ask that question. I no, mean, it was. You were a little kid, you said? Yeah, I was probably like eight, nine, ten around that time. So it was still relatively very, new, like yeah, flip rel- phones and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Before Al Gore invented the internet. Yes, yes. Thank you, Al. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Al Gore. Yeah. Leader of men. <laughs> we got a big audience uh, here. I mean, uh, now here's one I haven't seen. I got to be careful when I say these names because you never, you never know if you're falling into something as we have in the past, right? I'll just call him Connor. He wants to know what are they known for most in Tampa? We'll ask, um, we'll ask Tracy that. Fiji88 says we need to get strawberry ice on the show. Jordan is here. AJ is here. Our main man, straw, um, Sir Boy Wonder. Uh, Boom Shakalaka is back. Said he wants to know, can Chatterbox set up a college bowl game pick'em? You have that on your show? We're working on that, yeah. So Thursday on Not Too Picky, we're going to be picking every bowl game. uh, And then we're going to try and figure out a way to to get people involved in that. Okay. We're going to be picking every game as they happen on this show, aren't we? Yes, we we are. And that starts this weekend. So we got to make sure we – because there are a lot of games, I think, Saturday. They're NFL games Saturday, too. Uh, Daniel is here. Rest in peace, Mike Leach. Amen. Says one of his earliest college football memories was 2008 Texas Tech. Uh, they had that team with uh, Danny Amendola and Michael Crabtree. Um, Lure Up is here. We got uh, Williams here. William, howdy, y'all, indeed. So we got a good group here. Good group. Uh, growing by the day, and we thank all of you. Um, the Kyler Murray thing, you know, it's a topic that is sort of, and I'm not suggesting for a second that this is the reason why, because the Cardinals play, at least they used to play, on natural grass. They had that stadium, used to be the University of Phoenix Stadium. I think it's called State Farm Insurance Stadium now, where it's a natural grass field. It's amazing to see if you've never seen it, where it's a dome. It's not a retractable dome in Arizona. But the field slides outside on this rail system to get sun to grow, and then they just roll it right back in there on the tracks um, to uh, to play a game. 
James Rapine, kind enough to join us. James, you know, before we get into the Bengals, thanks for being with us today. Um, how much are you hearing about this whole turf thing? It seems to be getting some pub around the NFL, a certain kind of turf, mm-hmm. not natural turf. Um, you know, and there are different um, uh, variations, I guess, uh, for lack of a better term, uh, of, of this synthetic turf, turfs. Have you heard much about that or players talk much about that? I know it's been in the news, you know, from time to time nationally, but anybody around the Bengals talk much about it? Not a ton. Yeah, I know Joe Burrow was asked about it and he said, and this was heck probably a month ago when it came to the surface and was a topic and, and kind of a big topic. And he said he didn't mind turf because he feels faster on it, but he understands why players want the same surface everywhere and, and, and why every field you know, you'd want to have the same surface. So I get that. Uh, I also get the gripe about maintaining grass because a lot of these grass sure. fields, right? You know, the, the Steelers game in Pittsburgh, that field was not ideal, uh, to be quite honest with you. So um, I, I think there's a mix at the same time when a guy like Kyler goes down, right? One of these star quarterbacks, I, I think it's going to uh, – not that it didn't already have the NFLPA's attention, but I think it's going to get more attention and become – uh, an even bigger topic. All right, James, let's walk uh, player by player here. Um, excellent win <laughs> for the Bengals. We talked about exercising the demons that uh, are the Cleveland Browns. They had lost five in a row. They win the game convincingly. Didn't look so great in the first half, but got it going. Defense has just been fantastic all year long. Let's start with Trey Hendrickson. He had the most serious injury, I guess theoretically the most serious injury, because he broke his wrist. He came back and continued to play in the game. What are you hearing about his status moving forward? I think he's going to miss a few games. Zach Taylor didn't want to rule him out for this week. I think that's some gamesmanship, some hope, some some prayers, you know, anything you could say about the, you know, the idea of Hendrickson playing this week. I just don't see it. Now, maybe I'm dead wrong and he heals fast or heals fast enough to where they can wrap that thing up and he can play. But to me, I think he's going to miss this week. I think he's going to miss a couple of weeks. And just looking at the way the schedule aligns, Tom, that January 2nd game, it's Monday night football. Right now you have the the Bucks on Sunday. Going to be a tough turnaround five, six days later, rather. Short week against the Patriots on the road. That, that Buffalo Bills game, January 2nd, you get an extra day. It's a Monday night football game, so it's Saturday to Monday. And, and so you get an extra day of rest there. I think that that uh, will be their goal date for Trey Hendrickson. It's good that they didn't put him on injured reserve. So I do think we could see him back in the regular season. And why not bring him back for a matchup primetime that could have huge, huge ramifications in the AFC playoff picture. Hayden Hurst. Doesn't feel like he's going to play this week. It was in a boot last week and, you know, can walk without it. But I think they're trying to, you know, much like Jamar, take the pressure off of uh, that injury like they did with Jamar and his crutches. He could have always walked without him, right? But he was non-weight-bearing for four weeks. Well, I don't know if Hayden Hurst is there, but they certainly want to take pressure off of that calf. I don't expect him to play this week. Okay. Um, Tyler Boyd, second play of the game, dislocates his finger. Yeah. Did, did I hear somewhere on the radio yesterday somebody say that finger broke through, the bone broke through the skin? Is that accurate or inaccurate? I, I've seen comments. I didn't hear it directly, but I've, I've seen comments that Dave Lapham might have said that, and it would align with what Zach Taylor said, which is they had to flush out 
the finger. Well, why would you have to do that if it was just dislocated and put back into place? And, and so if you're doing that to uh, prevent an infection, well, then there you go. So that that does align. I didn't hear the comment specifically, but I saw people say that Lapham said that. And, you know, he, he obviously ha has great insight all the time. So that, if that is true, I don't expect Tyler Boyd to play this week. And, you know, you had a lot of YouTube commenters and people saying, oh, just pop it back in and send him back out there. Well, Tyler Boyd's a tough dude. If, if he could have went back out there, he would have. So I do think it's more serious than we realize, much like the Mike Hilton finger injury before the Carolina game, where it was like, oh, yeah, he got hurt against Cleveland, but he'll be good to go. And actually, he it was broken in three places. He had to have surgery, and they, they had him rest a week. So we'll, we'll see with Boyd. I do expect him to be back uh, at some point this season, but he might miss a game or two. Um, and then lastly, and maybe I'm missing something else. Well, no, I guess Osai injured his shoulder, uh, and that could be mm -hmm. a big story moving forward the rest of the week because you're not going to have, it doesn't sound like you're going to have Hendrickson. And so, you know, you need somebody to try and get after the passer. Shoulders, uh, and we'll get to T. Higgins in a minute, like hamstrings, but shoulders are one of those things where, okay, you might get yourself right leading up to the game, but, I mean, one hit in the wrong spot, and that's all she mm -hmm. wrote. Yeah, and, and Osai did return, which is a good sign, but they might have to brace it up, you know, and have him wear something so it doesn't pop out again, assuming that's what it was, and that's what it looked like from the sideline, or from the press box, rather, when he ran to the sideline is he was holding his arm, it was dangling there a bit, and, you know, you, you fast forward a few plays and he's back in the game. So hopefully he can go because they're going to need him, and, and they need him to be a disruptor off the edge without Trey Hendrickson, and that's – much, much easier said than done to fill those shoes, right, of Trey Hendrickson. And they don't necessarily need that, but they need someone not named Sam Hubbard to get pressure off the edge regularly. And naturally, Joseph Osai would be the guy. So we'll see on him. We don't have a ton of information on him, but you're right. The shoulder injuries are, are weird, and, and they can pop out at any time if you do suffer, you know, a dislocation and it, and it pops out of the, the, the joint there. So we'll see uh, how he progresses this week. Hopefully he can suit up on Sunday. I don't know about you, James, but the one that concerns me the most, uh, I, I, look, at the end of the day, people don't want to hear it, but it's a truth. I mean, uh, uh, like Boyd's situation, as long as you're not facing an infection, you can shoot that thing up before a game and knowing Tyler Boyd, you're going to get out there and play. I mean, that's just the way the world works. People may not like hearing it, but that's the way the world works. He could probably go do it and would take a shot, numb it up, go play. Um, is the Higgins thing? Because this is a mm. guy clearly – uh, who is such a dynamic force uh, and an unbelievably productive player on this team. Hamstrings, um, you, you, they appear to be worried about it. Uh, where are they? Where are you from what you hear on this thing? You should be worried about it because this team is not the same team without T. Higgins. And that's just what they're facing right now. Now, Trent Nerwin, Trent Taylor, they've made plays in Joe Burrow's superhuman and, and can do that and make plays with those guys. And we've seen that. But when you're talking about making a, a run at the one seed, you want T. Higgins out there. And there's going to be stretches and lulls. I, I can't believe the Browns played Jamar the way they did the other day. I would have put three guys on him. And I would have said, okay, someone mm -hmm. else win. And, and I think that's what Tampa should do this week if there's no Tyler Boyd, no T. Higgins. So it's important to have T. out there hamstring he wanted to play according to Zach Taylor seemed fine all week and then popped up on the injury report 
hamstrings linger. And so I, I think it is smart by this coaching staff to, to hold him out, uh, you know, and, and, and hold him out of that game, a game that they clearly thought they could win without him. This Tampa game, this is almost a woodshed game for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And you've seen Tom Brady long enough, we all have, to where they they should come in desperate. And it's hard to knock out a desperate team that had high expectations coming into the season. Even as bad as they've been, they might not be as bad, especially at home this week. So having T. Higgins, that would that'd be huge for uh, you know, Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, Joe Mixon, anyone you want to talk about on offense. So we'll see if he can go. But hamstrings are weird, and, and we're going to have to monitor whether or not he can practice if he does practice at all this week. And even if he does, for the fantasy footballers out there, have a backup plan because obviously – well, we're not sure how uh, it's going to respond, How what's going to happen on game day. I, I will say this too, Tom, at least it's warm this week. Yeah, You know, it, it's not like he's going to struggle to get that going, get stretched out, get loose. So th- that part will help him playing in Tampa, I believe. Um, anything else going on down there that we should be aware of? I mean, obviously you have your podcast, you have daily updates on everything going on. Uh, a- anything that we're missing here leading up at least early in this week. I know they had the day off today, but anything looking forward to the rest of the week? No, I, I just, I think they're a, a really confident team. And if they have to go to Tampa without Boyd, without Higgins, without Hendrickson, it's, Three huge pieces, what, three of your 10 or 12 best players? Sure. Hendrickson's probably your third or fourth most valuable. And, and so to not have uh, those pieces, it's a big loss. At the same time, the, the guys, they're going to think that they're going to go in there and, and slow down Brady, which, by the way, they've scored the the, the Bucks, the, the fewest amount of points in the NFC South. So as bad as that division is, it's crazy how bad they've been on offense. Mm-hmm. So that's noteworthy as I, I start to look ahead to, to Sunday's matchup. But no, I, I think that they're uh, they're rolling at the right time, and, and we'll see if because they're going to be shorthanded. It just depends how shorthanded. We'll see if they can keep it rolling. But they're certainly confident, no doubt, going into Sunday. You know, before we let you go, I, I want to ask you uh, about the, the the Cleveland Baltimore matchup this weekend. I think we all agree that you know Deshaun Watson, when he played against Houston two weeks ago, his first game in like seven hundred days, something along those lines. Uh, He didn't look great, but he looked a lot better last week against the Bengals than he did in his first game. Um, You know, from what your sources are in Cleveland, and you used to work up there for a while, um, are are they all in on competing the rest of this season? Yeah, no no doubt. I I think they are, and I I think that, you know, once that suspension came down, it was, all right, Jacoby Brissett, hold the fort down for Deshaun to come back. And then hopefully Deshaun can help you sneak into the playoffs. And I think Brissett did his job. Obviously, Watson was just much more rusty than they anticipated. And they have more holes than I think they they anticipated You know, going into that Bengals game. I think it was clear that the Bengals had the better roster. Even though they were shorthanded and lost Higgins after one play, essentially lost Boyd after two plays, they were the better team with a better quarterback. And the reason the Browns went after Deshaun Watson is because I think they looked around the division and said, all right, Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow, we're not going to beat those guys with with Baker Mayfield. we got to make a move. And so that was as much of a, a future play as it was for this season. I do like that you brought that up, though, because why not lose more? And they, they still might with Deshaun Watson, but lose more this year, get a better draft pick, and move on. Well, they might not have their first rounder now that I think about it. They probably don't. They probably yeah. send it to Houston. Yeah. So yeah. They, they might as well compete their tails off, honestly, because there's there's not much they're getting out of it otherwise. Were you not in shock? And, and 
you know, look, there's stuff that goes on around the league, and I've never been a coach, and it's easy for me to sit here and, and not Monday morning quarterback, but quarterback while it's going on. Um, been a lot of talk, as there always is on any coach, when teams don't meet expectations. Kevin Stefanski up there in Cleveland. I think he's one game over 500, if I'm not, uh, if I'm not mistaken, during his, this is third season there as a head coach. But when you're sitting up there in the press box and that opening drive, they're going down the field. And all of a sudden on fourth down, they take Watson, who they've been waiting on for 12 weeks to play in a game. And they take him out of the game on a fourth and one and put in Jacoby Brissett. Were, were you in as much shock or maybe some of the guys that cover Cleveland that were sitting around mm-hmm. you? I don't know if you had a chance to talk to them about it. Were you or any of them just in shock by that move? Yes. Yes, 100%. Because the game script and the way the game started, it was all Browns. It was injury to Boyd, Hilton's limping and on the sidelines. Higgins only plays one snap on the first drive in uh, the first two plays. Watson hits Amari Cooper. Then Chubb runs for a first down. And it's like, all right, three and out for the Bengals, multiple injuries, Browns starting to roll. You want that momentum. And so I get going for it. And I probably would have went for it. You want to seize momentum, get off to, out to an early lead, get after Burrow with Miles Garrett and company. Makes sense. The Jacoby Brissett idea, if you're going to throw it like that, that's insane to me, one. Two, if you are going to put him in, and I thought about this. I was like, oh, okay, well, maybe they're bringing him in for a quarterback sneak because you don't want $230 million guaranteed sneaking it right now. Maybe he's better with the hard count at this stage just because he's had more reps with Mm -hmm. this offensive line, a backup center, all of those things that go into Maybe that's the case. But to just drop back and throw it, I no, I, I would not have done that. I think it was a bad call, not necessarily a bad decision to go for it. And you do have Deshaun Watson for a reason. I, I would have tried to get him on the edge maybe or, you know, hand it to Kareem Hunt. That could have been another option. But you have Watson for a reason. And can you even imagine? And, and I know Brissett isn't Brandon Allen and he started most of the year and Burrow yeah. hasn't, you know, taken 700 days off before, uh, you know, you know, eight days prior. But there's no way you do that and throw the ball deep down. I just... I, I hated the decision to, to or, or the call at least, but I, I didn't mind the decision. And Kevin Stefanski deserves uh, plenty of criticism for that because I think if they get that first down, they probably score a touchdown. And that game might have been much, much different given the history between these two teams. Uh, lastly, do you think Stefanski, you know, and there's been just so much unrest and upheaval in that Browns organization, uh, you know, all the way from the top and then, you know, the football people and, and, and all the way down to multiple head coaches. And we know about the quarterbacks, blah, blah, blah. Do you think Stefanski mm-hmm. is back next year? That's a tough one because a lot of coaches – a lot of coaches do not survive, and uh, it's it's just the what happens up there, and you get caught up in it, and it is hard to stop that momentum against you. Now, I will say he's dealt with a lot. Baker getting hurt last year, huge, huge injury that that cost them. I thought it was a talented roster. This year, you have all the Deshaun Watson drama. Ultimately, I think they wait. They give him one more year, but they have to make. Uh, you know, a postseason run, I would say, next year. Otherwise, you're talking about one playoff run in four seasons. And, and you know, he's going to enter next year on the hot seat. So I do think he'll be there. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they pull the trigger early. But uh, he, he's going to have to start winning. And it's going to be hard to win. 
because like I said, Lamar Jackson and Joe Burrow are in your conference and, and we know are in your division and we know how competent the Steelers are even with a young quarterback. All right, James, thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it each and every week and have a great rest of your day and we'll catch you up, up with you sometime soon. Thanks again. Of course. Thanks for having me, Tom. All right. James Rapine, kind enough to join us each and every week. We really appreciate his time and his insight as to what's going on. I asked him a little bit about Cleveland there because um, he worked for a spell in Cleveland and still has a lot of very close contacts up there uh, about what's going on with the Cleveland Browns. Uh, boy, our, our, I mean, our, our, our viewers are just going through the roof here. I mean, uh, you know, normally we get big name people on there and James is a big name guy. There's some dude that everybody has everybody up in up in arms here. What, what, what's the deal with this guy? Okay, I, no, I don't know. I, I don't understand. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, Eric says we need Tom to tailgate. Eric, let me know where it is. If you got a ticket, maybe I'll show. He says I'll bring the Millers. Is that the Miller family or Miller High Life? The champagne of beers. Champagne, champagne of <laughs> beers, baby. Champagne of beer. By the way, I mentioned. I meant to say yesterday or on, uh, yeah, yesterday was Monday, that uh, after I made that comment about the Eagle restaurant serving Miller High Life on draft and, and, the, and the, the glasses that, that Miller used to make years ago, they're the only place in town I could find them. Um, they were all fired up at the Eagle about that. Really? I said, well, why not spend some of that Uber cash you guys have and be a proud sponsor of the program? We're going to get a new sponsor? I don't know. We're working on it. We're going to take a timeout. Uh, we have Tracy Jones coming up at 1130. So we have uh, multiple topics to talk about. And Casey, please, we have some new additions to the program starting today, correct? Yes. We have uh, a very new segment, brand new segment that we're going to do every day. And I think the, the audience is going to like it because it, it's just a little history. Um, but we'll, we'll get to it after the break. How about that? That would be great. All right. That would be great. Okay. So we have something new for you right here on Off the Bench presented by UDF back in a moment. You know, we need to ask Tracy Jones today when he's on at 1130 about um, maybe some Christmas gift ideas. Yeah, that would be a great idea. Especially for you two guys. Oh, uh, yeah. Meaning uh, for your bride-to-be and your longtime girlfriend. Absolutely. I do need some ideas. I'm, I'm fresh out of ideas. Well, you know Tracer. He'll have something in his hip pocket for you. I got a, fi a five-year dating anniversary with Lizzie coming up on... Uh, five-year dating anniversary? anniversary? Yeah. Is that a... I guess that's a thing, right? Well, Paul, if I can give you one know. piece of advice here, oh, okay? Boy. All right. Um, there's one thing she's expecting. And only one. Well, is this like rocket science here? <laughs> I mean, seriously, you're you're looking at me like you have no idea what in the world I'm talking about. Well, I don't know what I don't know what direction. We're well, would the other two have any idea what that might be, Casey? I do. I know All exactly right, Casey, where you're going. All right, Casey, could you please sitting next to him inform him on what that might be? You know what she really wants for Christmas? I would love to know. She wants a ring, and a promise. That's what she Is wants. Is that where Christmas. you were going, Tom? That's exactly right. Oh, boy. We're going to need to hit a Christmas bonus for that one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sure there'll be one. We're going to we'll, need it. We'll get another. Uh, we're going to need another couple of. Rays. Another couple of sponsorships for that one. 
No, no. We're You're gonna... right on that. There's <laughs> just, no question about it. Don't worry. Just spend your money that you got now and then make it all back January 1st. It's fine. That, that'll work. I do appreciate the comments that are telling me to propose. Look, if there are people in this chat that want to sponsor the show so we can make that happen, I'm not worried about my girlfriend listening right now. Again, well, teaching I, the youth of I love Connor's line. He says, if you can drag your feet like that on a football field, you'd be an all-pro receiver. <laughs> <laughs> That's the line of the day so far. All right, Casey, what do we have here new? What are we doing? All so, right. so we have a new segment, uh, a daily segment, and then we have uh, another segment after that. So we've got a couple new ones. Okay. This one in particular I'm really excited for. It is this day in sports history. I'm going to clip that out for the, the intro at some point. But anyways, this day in sports history is a segment where I just list off some of the important events that happened in sports. Okay. And December, I like this because there's a lot of cool stuff out there. Yeah. So today, for example, December 13th, 1956, Jackie Robinson was traded. 1983, the highest scoring NBA game of all time was recorded. Detroit Pistons, 186 versus Denver Nuggets, 184, triple overtime. 1997, Charles Woodson wins Heisman as a corner. And in 2007, the Mitchell Report was released, listing 89 players using performance-enhancing drugs. All right, well, let's start with uh, a few of these. Okay, let's start with Jackie Robinson. This was in 1956. This was 10 years after, of course, he became the first um, African-American to play in Major League Baseball. The Dodgers in 56 had won their sixth National League pennant in Robinson's 10 years with the team. They traded him to the Giants of all teams, the Giants. Wow. For a pitcher and $30,000, and within hours, Jackie Robinson said no chance. He retired from baseball. <laughs> said hell no to it's that. Like a, it's like an Eli Manning. That's, exa that's exactly it's, right. It's no Eli San Manning. Diego. <laughs> no, sir. Only going to New York. Um, then there is this NBA game, and I got to tell you, when you look at this thing, uh, and we were talking about it uh, getting ready, this NBA game, December the 13th, 1983, as you mentioned, Detroit beats Denver 186-184 in triple overtime. Try some of this on for size, okay? In that game, and of course the thing just disappeared, in that game, the Pistons took 136 shots. They made 55% of those shots. The Nuggets took 115 shots and made almost 60% of those shots. You had names like Kiki Vandewey. He had 51. Alex English had 47. The great Dan Issel, Kentucky Wildcat, 28. Kelly Trapuca of Notre Dame fame, 35. Isaiah Thomas, 47, 47 in the game. Long had 41. Bunch of other guys in double figures. You had, what, one, two, three, four, five guys foul out of the game. But here's the most amazing part of that game, okay? You had two teams 
that almost scored 190 points each. And my, if there's a better illustration on how the sport of basketball has changed, consider this. There were four three-point shots taken in the game total. Each team took two. Each team made one. Wow. Basketball is a different game, baby. Yeah, I mean, oh, that's man. unbelievable. Yeah, when really I is. thought it, I thought I had read wrong. I had to go back to two other places to see if that was correct. That's the three-point shot as we know it, you can't watch a basketball game now. High school, pro, little kids. Little kids, high school, pro. You can't watch any basketball game for three minutes of game time without seeing four total three-point shots taken. Right? Yeah. Right. It's, I mean, it's great. I, I can't imagine going back there. And I, I went back and found the highlights of that game. And there weren't many, but I went back and found them. Then again, it was a quick search. So maybe I, I, I shouldn't say that. Maybe there were more. You know, Go ahead. You know what's funny? I, my dad was super into basketball at the time. And he just would talk about the one thing that everyone wanted to do was dunk. That's what uh, everyone wanted yep. to score in the paint, be dominant inside the paint. Today, kids want to be Steph Curry and drain shots from half court, like, like yeah. nothing. So it's just a totally different time period, and it's crazy that four, only four, attempted three point shots. Yeah, that is crazy. Uh, what was the other one? The other one was the Mitchell report. There we go. Now this is one where there are there are so when you go back in and I, I jumped on Wikipedia about this and, and and many of you may remember the Mitchell report. I mean it was a big deal. It was a report to the commissioner of Major League Baseball by an independent investigation into the illegal use of steroids and performance enhancing drugs uh, in Major League Baseball. It was prepared and named after the former uh, United States senator. Uh, from Maine, George Mitchell. Uh, and it was released on uh, in December, this date, 2007. And it basically covers the history of the use of illegal performance-enhancing substances by players, okay? And it led to the, the, the whole uh, ending of steroid use. Uh, it wasn't technically illegal, um, frowned upon for sure. But there were all kinds of names that were leaked out on this thing. It was supposed to be an internal report, uh, and it wound up uh, getting out. And you had guys like Barry Bonds, Gary Sheffield, Jason Giambi. There were many, many, many others. The thing I found so interesting was Kurt Radomski, he was the former clubhouse employee of the New York Mets and was a critical witness. In fact, he provided most of the names that the general public did not know about. So this was this guy who wound up pleading guilty um, for uh, laundering money, for the distribution of some of these substances. Okay, he pleads guilty. He ends up on five years probation. The part I did not know, and I can't believe I don't know because I see him from time to time, and I've known him ever since my dad got the job with the Reds in 1974, is the longtime trainer of the Reds. He was there 21 years and then left the Reds to go to the Marlins when that franchise started in 1993, is Larry Starr. Ohio University grad, one of the most highly respected trainers in the history of baseball. 
He was interviewed by the Mitchell investigators at least four times. But the information and his information was entirely omitted from the Mitchell report. And once you start digging into it, you see why it was. Okay? This guy is as open and honest as a human being can get. And Starr has spoken frequently with the past uh, with, with the press about this whole thing. He says, I have notes from the winter meetings going all the way back in 1988 where the owners and the players were sitting in meetings, team physicians and trainers. He said, I was there. And the physicians and trainers stood up and said, look, we need to do something about this. We've got a big-time problem in this sport. He went on to say that he told a reporter someone ought to ask Bud Selig, the former commissioner of baseball, whether he had any suspicion at all about these PEDs. Was there ever one time from 1990 to 2003 that you, Mr. Commissioner, had any suspicion that people were doing something wrong or cheating? Starr says if he says no to that question, he must not have watched many games because you'd have to live in Siberia to not know it was going on. So I'm not surprised that did not end up in the Mitchell report. But Larry Starr is, like I said, you know, he is his top flight as they come. And uh, I had no idea that he was so heavily involved in that. I was working in the sport at the time, doing games every day. And, you know, you, you suspected without a doubt there was something going on. But you really didn't want to read about it. I, 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 I didn't want to read about it because uh, I knew it was going to be a total black eye to the sport. There were other names that came out, Roger Clemens, Andy Pettit. Miguel Tejada, Eric Gagne, among many, many others. Uh, and it's sad because in a lot of cases, some of the names that were in that report, if I'm not mistaken, Bronson Arroyo, of all people, was in that report. Yeah. And his, you know, th th there's a whole laundry list of performance-enhancing drugs uh, that are not, quote-unquote, steroids, that they're taking for other things. There have been abuse of some of those things. Adderall comes to mind. Ridlin comes to mind, some of those kinds of things. Um, and, you know, you, you can dump some of those uh, powder drink to, to try and you know, give your body some protein. It's got something in it. You're going to get busted. I'm not saying that's what most of these guys are doing because I think we all agree um, in a lot of cases they knew exactly what they were doing uh, and getting out of it what they planned on getting out of it, and that was making millions and tens of millions of dollars and having long, in some cases, Hall of Fame careers. Um, but the sport is better for it since that came out, I think. Right. It gives everyone an equal playing field, right? I mean, it does. It does. Tom, I'll put you on the spot a little bit. Do you have any stories from when that came out, where you were, or what was going yeah, like, on? What, or yeah. Any, what were anybody? You no, the only to? thing I can tell you is this. And, uh, and, and that is this, you know, look, I know there are a lot of people out there that have votes for the Hall of Fame. And it went from the writers to now the Veterans Committee, okay? There are a lot of people out there that don't like Kurt Schilling because of his politics. And he has said a lot of things that a lot of people don't like. But this guy was one of the only guys that had the guts at the time. And he's got a big mouth, but he's not afraid. 
I mean, any challenge that's out there, whether it's facing Barry Bonds in the batter's box or facing a horde of reporters and knowing that he's going to say something that is going to tick off half the players in the game who are cheap. But I remember he came out at the time and said, look, all of these guys, he said, it's a joke. They're cheating. It's unfair. They know who they are. I've never done anything one single time to cheat. And it's created, like you just said, Casey, an unequal playing field. And Schilling has not gotten into the Hall of Fame strictly because of his politics. But I admired his stance very much uh, when it came to uh, this whole cheating scandal and the way he felt about it and was one of the very few out there, a lot of cowards out there, a lot, that um, you know didn't want to face some music, didn't want to you know make any waves, that kind of thing. Schilling was not that guy. But, I mean, if you watched... And let's face it, a lot of you out there will remember this. When McGuire and Sosa were going through that whole home run thing, and in many, many ways it saved Major League Baseball, when they were going through that whole home run chase in 98, the Diamondbacks had just started playing in 1998. And at Chase Field, it's a retractable dome, but in the outfield, okay, above the second deck, it's inconceivable when you sit in the stands and when you look out there and, and, and to try and understand what I'm about to say. Underneath the roof, okay, in the outfield, they have these, these panels that can open and close. They're used for advertising. But during batting practice, they would open the panels. So this is just underneath the roof Left, left center, right, right center, right field. Mark McGuire during batting practice was hitting balls through those panels. It was the most incredible thing I have ever seen in my life. It's inconceivable that a human being could do that. And to McGuire's credit, he is one of the few out there that has come clean, he said his conscience ate him alive, that he was using performance-enhancing drugs. Because no man is going to hit a ball through those panels in batting practice where the pitcher is throwing 60 miles an hour. They're not throwing 90, which is generating a bunch of power for you once you make contact in the bat speed. But you, you had to see it to believe it. And he wasn't hitting one every now and again out of there. If he, if he took 40 swings in BP before a game, he was hitting 15 to 20 out for three straight days. I was out there this summer, and I remember seeing those panels. I hadn't been to Chase Field before. I remember seeing those panels open after the game. How in the world did he do that? No question. Well, we know how he did it. That's, what, that's how powerful wow. it is. I didn't – wow. To I didn't know that story. Yeah. That's that is insane. Now, you know, in this day and age, you know, we're talking now 20-something years later. Um, you know, closing in, yeah, 25 years later. Uh, you're talking now where guys are just bigger and stronger because of food and weightlifting and diet and all these kinds of things. So, you know, a guy like Aaron Judge, I, I would suspect that if he plays in Arizona in BP, he could probably hit one through that. Yeah. But back then... It was just insane. 
Uh, we're getting some, uh, I guess, uh, breaking news here. Is that right? Are we? That um, the somebody has left to take the Purdue head football coaching job. Ah. Am I missing that? Or unless the chat is wrong. Purdue hires Ryan Walters, defensive coordinator of Illinois, to be the next head coach. So is Sir Boy Wonder our Adam Schefter? He is. He, it feels like it. Sir Boy's always on top of it. Sir Boy Wonder. Sir Boy Wonder 513. Leader of men. Leader of men. <laughs> I don't like that. New addition to the show. <laughs> New addition. <laughs> Paul Fritschner's soundboard. I, I mean, I was like in shock there when you played that. I like that. Sir Boy Wonder is definitely a leader of men. Sharon's back today. She only shows up when the Tracer's coming on. She only shows up when the Tracer is here. Is she a tracer plant, do you think? I mean, she definitely likes him. Well, I would say that she's definitely having she definitely has an interest in him if she only shows up when Trace is about to come on. Yeah, I mean she Tracy. wanted to send a bikini pic to him at one point. Oh, right? that's true. I think that says it all right there. But anyways, Tom, we've got another segment for you. We do. We, what is that it? that recapped our history segment this day it's in sports good stuff. history. I thought it was pretty good. Really uh, good. I, I like that. It might not always be as in-depth because That's there's, some, right. there's some days where just not a lot happens, but we'll do that every day for you guys. This next segment is called Teaching Tom, and uh, we really? have something to teach you, Tom. Okay. Please. I'm all open. I have a lot to there, learn. There's one of those that goes around on the internet. Joe Burrow. Joe Scheist. Joe what? Is that the word? Is that the hip word? I don't even know what to say. What? When a viewer tells me that I'm trying to be hip and I'm not as hip as I think I am, that hurts. Teaching Tom. All right, here's our first You guys one. have so, put some hard work into this. This is good stuff. This is the first time I've seen this, just like the rest of you. So what are we learning about today? We are teaching you a, a phrase, two words. So, Tom, we know that sometimes the chat, you know, the chat can come in. They can spice things up a little bit. So we're going to teach you this phrase, Tom. What does it mean to clap back? It means to respond quickly and sharply to criticism. Huh. Used in a sentence, you could say that Tom clapped back at AJ Worse after he called him out for his bad take in the YouTube chat. Do you physically clap, uh, or you yeah. just make a comment right back? Just to the boom, criticism. you're back. Boom, you're back. Yeah. yeah, right. Okay. Did AJ say that? No, I don't know, but I don't know. AJ's just... always in the chat. He's always got something to say. Well, Sharon says, speaking of teaching, I have something to teach Tracy Jones. <laughs> <laughs> Say ho, do I understand you were the one that made that intro there? Yes. You were. Nice job. And you might want to find a razor. <laughs> you might want to find a razor. I know you're wearing that with the Bengals and all this sort of nonsense. Oh, that was a clapback. But if they can't beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers without you shaving, they ought to phone it in anyway. See, that's a clapback. That that, that's a clapback. To, right. to the facial hair. So I clap back, Sir Boy Wonder points out that uh, I did clap back at AJ for saying that Cleveland is a bad town. Cleveland's not a bad town. It's a good town. Sure. <laughs> 
I don't know what you guys have against Cleveland. Seriously. They have some of the most beautiful suburbs in the United States of America in Cleveland. I've never lived there. I have no attachment there. No nothing. I got some friends up there, so I've had a chance to visit the east side. You know, all the way up the lakefront to to places like Hudson, Shaker Heights, much closer to downtown. Uh, Chagrin Falls is pretty a place as there is anywhere in the United States. Right there on the water. You move out to the west side. You got... Rocky River, Bay Village, West Lake, all these kinds of places. I mean, they have beautiful <laughs> suburbs. So, this what is, are you laughing about, Seho? What, what are you laughing the, about? The chat is just lighting you up, Tom. You got to. AJ get... says it's a dump. It is. Mistake by the lake, says Anonymous. The river is on fire. Now, Tomas, that's old news. <laughs> They've cleaned that thing up, I'm told. And the USA veteran. We always say uh, hello and salute you. All right, what do you guys want to talk about? So so there's two things, because I wanted to kind of go off of that beautiful suburbs talk that you're having. Yes. I'm having the hardest time finding a honeymoon destination, coming up with a plan. I mean, I I spent all day yesterday after work trying to find just something. All-inclusive, not all-inclusive, Flights, okay. whatever. I mean, well, let, let's and, start with this, the, the first very simple question, okay? Yeah. Um, is, it, are, do you want to go to a warm weather destination? I would like to. Um, the chat is telling me to take her to Cleveland since it's so nice <laughs> up there. But uh, I would like to travel somewhere nice, warm, maybe secluded. I know that's a little bit more money, but... Right now, we are looking at, like, all the sandals resorts and deals. Yes, I've been to one. And Yep. Actually, I went to the one for kids. I think sandals are just couples. uh, There's a bunch of different ones. Yeah, the same company owns them, but but one of them is, uh, uh, they're all inclusive. Yeah. Right? Okay, so did you not like the choices? Too expensive? What? Well, I, it's not, I saw some that were, like, in the three thousand dollar range, which is probably where my fiance and I kind of fall in that three thousand, four thousand okay. range. Okay. But there's some features in the five thousand that include like going scuba diving and all the other stuff that's included with it. That, wow. Yeah. So it's like, well, do we fork up that extra money or? And we, keep in mind, we still we still got some things to pay for the wedding. So it's like. I really need a company raise or something. I need another bet big time to be able to do something like that. But I wanted to know from the chat. Well, the, let me tell you what. The chat has plenty of suggestions. Do they? Let, let me. The chat has been popping off trying to help your love life here in the last <laughs> five minutes, Casey. Southside Chicago. Okay. Okay. Spooky nuke. Okay. That would be spooky. That would be spooky in Hamilton. I'm sorry. I slur my words. I'm sorry. Spooky nook. Kings Island. That's interesting, Sharon. Sir Boy Wonder says Topeka, Kansas. I've never been there, so I can't comment on that. What's in Topeka, Kansas? I have no idea. Is there anything in Topeka, Kansas? I'm sure there's something, but I don't know what it is. South side of Chicago. That'd be really good. Really good. All right, look, here's the deal. Okay, one, 
The all-inclusive things on a couple thing, and like I said, I, I've been on one uh, with our kids. I got to tell you, there's a lot to like, Case, about all-inclusive. There's a lot to like. Because it's one of those deals where you're, you know, every time you go up to get a cocktail, say, say you're going to somewhere, it's warm and sunny, and, you know, you're by the pool and, or out by the beach or whatever it is. You don't want to have to reach in your wallet every single time you, you order a beer or a pina colada, whatever it is, right? Yeah. Okay. I mean, and when I say reach in your wallet, sign a check, whatever it might be. Now, you're going to tip the people, obviously. Yep. I would hope you would. We'll talk to Tracy about that. But the great thing is, is that, you know, they have three meals every single day, extended hours. Some people like to get up early. Some people like to sleep in a little bit. You've got lunch. You've got dinner. Most of those places have three, four, five different restaurants in them. So you'll like have an Italian restaurant. You might have a, a Chinese You might have, you know, whatever you might. American fare, um, burgers and stuff, whatever. So you have lots to pick from most of the time. So there are a lot of good choices. The other thing you have to remember, though, about those places is, um, you know, chances are you're traveling outside the country. So you got to get up to date on You got your passport up to date and all that kind of stuff. Yes, I have mine. Alex does not. Uh oh. Okay, well, see, well, that's the kind of thing of you got to get addressed. Yeah. You're getting married in June. Yeah. I I'm told that it takes like five, six months to get those things done right now. If oh, not wow. longer, government at its finest. I thought it was like three. I mean, I thought three was long for me because that's how long it took for me. It was three months. But Can six? you still go to the post office for a passport? That's where I got mine. But that was way post before office. COVID. Yeah. yeah, that's where you always used to be able to get them was the post office. Yeah. Well, Tom, you probably had people doing it for you, right? No. No, we don't have people doing have it. Have a travel secretary or something? No, we do not. No, we do not. Uh, but anyway, so there are advantages to that. I will say, I think big advantages. Yeah, that or the Virgin Islands. That can't something. go wrong there. Yeah, can't go. But, but there is a uh, there's an all inclusive. I know in um, why am I drawing a blank? It's where we went with the kids. Um, it, it's down there in the Caribbean. Bora Bora. Uh, no, that's in French Polynesia. <laughs> um, golly, day, I can't believe I can't remember the name. Anyway, I'll, I'll let you know tomorrow. But it was it was it was. Um, in the grand scheme of things, very affordable, although everything right now is so expensive. I read an article today, just airline travel alone because of the gas prices going through the roof. Uh, airline prices are up 39%. That's crazy. I One last thing that's not sports related that I want to talk about before we get into some of the stuff that happened, Monday Night Football, all that good stuff. It's more of just a uh, a public announcement for people. There is currently, by my house, a gas station, Ohm Oil, that is fighting, pretty much, with the other two gas stations up the street. They're in a price war. I have gas right now by my house for two eighty. Wow. Two eighty. If you want to go get your gas really cheap, go buy Mason. It's Ohm Oil. It's off of Tylersville Road. You will not... Uh, you will not uh, regret it if you go down there. I mean, it, it's just, you're pretty much getting oil for free. You're getting your gas for free. No free ads. No free ads, but I just wanted to tell the public. That's, that's great information. Oil, go go down there. Uh, let's see. We have some other uh, recommendations here. Epstein Island. <laughs> Shreveport, Louisiana. I'm sure that uh, Brandon's been there. He could fill you in on what's going on. 
Uh, Thailand or Cambodia this time of year? Hmm. What are you trying to accomplish on this honeymoon, Casey? Are you trying to, like, go and do stuff? Or are you just trying to, like, find a beach and chill out? Alex would love to go there and do stuff. She's one of those okay. gals. She grew up in a family that was always doing something on vacation. They would go out and shop. They would go do something, like go to a museum, go to, like, the what, – what, do whatever, like laser tag or go out surfing or whatever they, they do something so wh whatever this trip involves i would like for it to involve some sort of activities oh you got yeah you gotta have something to do besides sit around all day yeah, yeah. i don't i wouldn't want something that's all-inclusive super expensive and just to sit there and do nothing because we don't have any more money no left. doubt about so it that, that's, but that's where some of the places get you so for you to find a place where you're going to get to do some of these other things as part of the inclusive package uh, I've never heard of before, and that's fantastic because where it might look like it's an affordable place, and it was Turks and Caicos. That's the place I was trying to think of. Thank you so much. Uh, one of our uh, uh, guys in the chat pointed that out. I just want to make sure I say thanks to Anonymous. Um, but then all of a sudden you start going, you know, we were always into that uh, what, parasailing. You ever yeah. done that? You parasail? Many times. Dude, well, that's I am I am maybe the only dude you know that has bungee jumped off a four hundred foot platform. What? Yes, indeed. Do we have video of that? I have video, and I can bring it in. Oh, All right. we need to bring that well, in. We for will absolutely have video yes. of Tom yes. Brenneman. We were in New Zealand, uh, which is the, um, the what, what's the word sports the something sports capital of the extreme world extreme sports I don't know what's that like well yeah something like, whatever it is. And so uh, my wife and I were going over there, and um, I was watching these people jump off uh, this bungee jump. It was the largest one in the world, highest one in the world at the time. It's like 350 feet. Now it's up to 400. Um, so I'm sitting there watching, and, and um, you know, I'm thinking to myself, am I going to go do this? And so I see these two young women from Sweden. They did it. Saw some other dude who was like 20 years older than me. He did it. And I'm sitting here looking at my wife and I'm going, well, why, why won't I go do this? So I walk over, sign up. They tie up your feet, right? And they've got you standing there. And you are, you're, you're standing on this, this ledge, okay, after they got you all ready to go. And you're looking straight down. And it's 350 feet. There's a river at the bottom. A lot of good that's going to do if the old bungee cord doesn't work. And they got a boat down there waiting on you. So what happens is, is you jump off. And then, you know, you pull back up. You pull back up. You pull back up multiple times. And then, and then by the time it, it, it stretches all the way out, they drop you right off in the boat at the bottom. So once they tie me up and I'm standing there and I'm like, uh, no, not happening, <laughs> not happening. And they're like, dude, the guys that work there, they're like, dude, you're already standing here. You're already standing here. Nobody has ever gotten hurt here. Nobody's ever gotten killed here. We've been doing this for the last 20 years. You're good to go. Just let her rip. That's all I needed to hear. Straight off. Got the video to prove it. 
sitting here with you guys now, so obviously I lived. The irony was that night, the local drugstore closes at 9 o'clock. And my wife says to me in our hotel room, we're staying in this little bed and breakfast in um, Queenstown, New Zealand. She says to me, she says, you know, uh, I've been late for the last two, three weeks. I said, late. She says, late. So, right? No menstrual cycle, two, three weeks. I said, you got to be kidding me. She says, no. So I said, well, I'm going to go get the kit right now. So I jump in a car, go flying down to the drugstore, get up to the drugstore. It's 9.02. I can see a guy back there working. I'm banging on the door. I said, come on, man. You got to let me in. I said, I got to find out if we're pregnant for the first time ever. Right? Guy lets me in, get the kit, pee on the stick, pregnant. And that day, I had jumped off a 350-foot bungee cord jump. And that was God's way of saying to me, young man, it's time to now start changing your ways. That was it. No more bungee cord jumps since then. So, there you go. That's a good story. It is a good story. And, the fu- and, and, and to kind of finish the story, what was interesting is there were these two gay men that owned the place where we were staying. They, they were just awesome guys. I mean, we, we had, they, they would host dinners and all the meals every, every night that you would have there and eat with them. And they were just fantastic guys. And we'd had a great time with them for about three, four days. We'd already been there. And so we get up the next morning, and the first two people that we told in the world not her mom, not her dad, not my mom. Well, my mom was still, yeah, she's still alive. And, and my dad, the first two people in the world that we told we were pregnant were these two gay men. And they said, you know, it's funny you bring that up. They said, because some very famous American athlete was here about a month ago and the exact same thing happened to him. And I said, well, do you have any idea who it is? He says, no, but if you go over to the book, the sign-in book, his name's in there. He said, look up on, uh, you know, wherever it was. Start flipping the pages. Steve Young. Oh, <laughs> no, way. no way. True story. Steve Young, the quarterback. And uh, the exact same thing. I don't know about the bungee cord jump part. But they found out while they were there staying at, at, at these guys' uh, bed and breakfast, they had found out they were pregnant, and, and the two guys were the first two guys to learn about. Okay, so I know we're getting way off sports here today. Full circle. Forgive me. Um, well, there is, there is one thing that I want to talk to you that's sports-related because— Boy, there are some crude people on this chat. <laughs> I mean, there really are. Get a life. <laughs> uh, what, the, what do you got, Casey? I want to talk to you, Tom, about— the Kyler Murray situation and the Lamar Jackson situation, which one would you rather be in right now? Because both really suck. Lamar Jackson is wanting more money now more than ever. He just got hurt. He hasn't played in a while. Kyler Murray, who got a contract, hasn't won much. Well, he's won. He's, he's had a winning record, but he hasn't won an MVP. He hasn't been close to the playoffs. He got a contract, gets hurt, seems to be really serious. Which, which situation would you rather have as an organization right now? Because Kyler Murray's situation was really bad. 
And I feel like the Lamar Jackson situation is just as bad, but in a different way because very different it, it, way. It's a money situation yes. over there. Yes. But both are very similar quarterbacks to me, situationally an issue for their organization. Which quarterback situation are you taking? Are you taking Lamar's situation where he's had two injuries to end the season and you're thinking about paying him? Or would you rather take Kyler Murray, who's maybe got a maturity issue? Mm -hmm. He just had a major injury, right? And ACL or what? Well, they, they, they think it they, could be. They, they think, think it could, it could be. be. It looked like it. And they fear that's what it is. They'll know for sure today. Which one are you taking out of Well, I mean, look, uh, by and large, Lamar Jackson is, you know, he's not facing an ACL. Kyler Murray's never been hurt till this year. Um, look, we talked about this Kyler Murray thing at the very beginning of the year and the debacle that was his contract. And then it leaks out that there's a clause in the contract uh, about him and his uh, lack of film work and preparation. And, and there were clauses in there that he had to do X amount of work and blah, blah, blah. Uh, and that thing could not have been uh, more mishandled by everybody, the organization, by Kyler Murray, than, than trying to scramble around and, and act like it wasn't in the contract and, and, and these, these, these you know, immediately held press conferences by everybody involved. It was, it was uh, terrible. And I think what's going to happen here is the coach is going to lose his job, right? So Kyler Murray will probably be back for the start of, I would guess, training camp close to it next year. I mean, they're really doing a phenomenal job with these guys in ACLs. He may not be back all the way by training camp, but by the start of next season, we're in December. He's got a chance to be ready to go if that's what this is, and we don't know for sure that's what it is. Tell you what, though, the money part. Cardinals have already made the decision by giving him the long-term contract, so that's already in the books, right? Right. This Lamar Jackson thing, he has not had a good year. No. His team's winning games. And ultimately, that's what you're saying to yourself, I think, is are we winning? As opposed to a quarterback who's putting all these gaudy stats up and they're 7-6. and six. When the Ravens are 9-4, and four, they're 8-4 and four with Lamar as a starter, right? Yep. What would you do? Honestly... I know some people in the chat said I wouldn't take either, but if I was forced to take the Cardinals or the Ravens, I think I would take the Cardinals situation because you're getting a new coach more than likely. Um, you're not, you, you've already committed the money, so you're not going to be forced to give him more money. Um, you know, you got at least a decent quarterback there. And really their issue has been the rest of the team has not been very great. Um, they didn't have any favors when they lost DeAndre Hopkins for six weeks or however long that was. So, yeah, I think I would take the Cardinals. And that's just not because I'm a, a Bengals fan. Um, I honestly just don't like Lamar Jackson as a quarterback. I don't think he's played very well this year. I don't see why you would give him quarterback one money and running back one money. I, that just doesn't make sense to me, especially now after he's been hurt the same way twice to end their seasons. Um, that's not a good sign for longevity in the future. So for me, it's Kyler Murray. I know it's an ACL injury, more than likely um, a major injury, but he can throw the ball and he can be a pocket quarterback if you give him a line. Um, 
So that's that's where I would go. I would go. I'd fall in the Cardinals category. Well, I, I think everybody would agree, and we'll ask Brian Billick about this the next time because he, you know, he was the one who said he really liked Huntley in the pocket. He thought he was a better pocket passer than Lamar Jackson, but obviously nobody can run like Mar- Lamar Jackson this side of Justin Fields. But I'm with you on that. I think Murray's a better pocket passer, uh, much better pocket passer than Lamar, and and Murray is not far behind as a runner when he's healthy. You're spot on on that. But I, you know, when, when you get teams starting to question a young player's commitment, they didn't mean for that to come out. But obviously, it's something that's on their mind. Uh, you've never heard that about Lamar Jackson. No. No. But Lamar Jackson has had some character issues or some things that we thought would be kind of red flags, like him clapping back at fans and things like that. Um and I'm, I'm seeing people in the chat saying, like, I know Kyler Murray hasn't won anything. They're probably not going to have the same quarterback or the same uh, head coach next year. And I get it. I understand where you're all coming from. I understand John Harbaugh has a coach has been very good. But that roster to me cannot win a Super Bowl. It's it, And it, it's going to be completely locked up. If they sign Lamar Jackson, so what are you going to do? Not sign him? I, I mean, I you know, because the old, the old, the old, you know, the the, the 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 question that gets asked all the time is if you're not going to sign somebody, who's going to replace him? Okay, is that Huntley? I don't know. You know the way the Ravens' season is going right now; they're not going to get a draft pick of some quarterback you think's got a chance to be not say guy can't be a great star drafted in the second or third round or late in the first round those guys are out there but they're not going to get one of the top two or three guys coming out yeah. four or five guys coming out if you want my honest opinion i think they shouldn't sign lamar let tyler huntley play his whole season and go get yourself a, a couple receivers and see how much better this team does on offense because They've already got some really good pieces on the offensive line. They've got a good running back in J.K. Dobbins. They already proved they can win without Lamar. That's what I'm seeing. They've proved as a team that they can win without Lamar. So is it really Lamar that's the reason why they're winning? That's a question I want to pose to the chat. Is Lamar really the reason why they're winning, or is it because the roster itself is good? So if I was if I was put in the Ravens situation, my my I guess I would actually want the Ravens because I wouldn't sign Lamar. That's what I would do if I was in the situation. I wouldn't sign Lamar, but I wouldn't. The, the question was more posed as, as an owner, you don't want to be put in the situation with your fans to not sign Lamar. You would rather be in the Cardinal situation where, you have the chance to get a new head coach you know, change things up. Whereas the Ravens organization, you can't really change anything. You're either having to sign Lamar and that's it. That's your guy. Your roster is pretty much locked up as it is, or you hit the reset button. And to me, I would hit the reset button because he has not proved that he can win the big game. Well, uh, Holly uh, is a newcomer to the chat and says, I don't think either Kyler Murray nor Lamar Jackson will ever get to the big game. Agreed. I, I think there's something to be said for that. 
But you look at the Ravens, though, and I've made this point a lot on this show over the last couple of months. The Ravens are a team that just always hang around. I've called them the, the, the 49ers and the Ravens are very comparable teams to me where not necessarily on the field, like stylistically, I mean more so that no matter what you do, the Harbaugh Ravens are always going to be no there. doubt They're about always right. there. Ownership, and, whole yes, thing. They're just yep. always there. And it's kind of yep. like the 49ers that no matter what you throw at them, over the last five, six, seven years, the 49ers are just always there. No yeah. matter what, you That's can't right. you can't get rid of them. That's right. So when you look at the 49ers or when you look at the Ravens, especially this as we're relating this to Lamar Jackson and the Ravens, you're talking about playing in the big game. Eventually, it feels like to me, if you get into the playoffs enough, and you don't want to say that they're just going to ease their way into the Super Bowl or anything like that, but – they're a good enough team with a solid enough foundation that it feels like to me eventually they might figure it out. Now, whether Lamar Jackson is the guy or not, that I don't know. And uh, maybe to this point he hasn't been the the Super Bowl-type guy, but they're not the team. The Ravens aren't a team that is going to instill fear in the top half of the AFC. Like, I'm not sure the Bills or the Chiefs are necessarily looking at the Ravens and thinking, oh, man, that's a huge hurdle we got to get past. They may not right. be looking at it as a huge hurdle. I think you're right there, Paul. But I can tell you right now, nobody wants to play the Ravens. No, no. But it, and that's what you said. Does anybody feel that way about the Cardinals? No. no. Even if they hit a reset button? No. Outside of when Kurt Warner's slinging it around there? Man, those were the days. Was there ever Gosh. a time when anybody says we're worried about playing the Cardinals? Home or no. road? Larry Fitzgerald, oh. Kurt Warner? Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, but, they, were, they were unbelievable. Yeah. I really miss that. I, I wish that Kurt Warner had won that Super Bowl. Saw where his son's playing, was playing a tight end for somebody in a college game <laughs> last week. Who? Or playing Kurt wide Warner's? receiver. Kurt, Kurt Warner's Warner? son. I think he's at Kansas State. Oh, you know what? Oh. You're right, Tom. I think he was in the Big 12 right. championship game. Yeah. You know, Carson Palmer did okay there for a little while with the Cardinals, but nobody's ever ever said, you know, you're worried about the Cardinals. Um, and it is Kansas State. Yep, yeah. Kansas State. All right, we're going to take a break. Wait, and you know, you know who's coming, yes? One before the break, two things. One, if you haven't liked the video already, make sure you do that. Subscribe. And if you are watching right now, we have pinned in the comment section the link to the ESPN Bowl Season Pick'em Challenge. So you can go up there to the pinned comment, click it, Join it. We already have a bunch of people in here already. If you're listening on a podcast form later, we'll tweet out the link. So that way you don't, you don't have to worry about going back into the YouTube chat, scrolling through, trying to find it. Just go to the Twitter page. We'll tweet it out in a little bit. Uh, by the time you're listening to this on the podcast, you should be able to find the tweet on our Twitter. But make sure you go up there. Maybe we'll find a prize. Uh, well, we will find a prize. I don't know what it'll be, but we'll find a prize for whoever wins that. Picking every bowl game against the spread. Make sure you do that because the first bowl game is on Friday afternoon. Miami Redhawks getting bowl season started on Friday at noon. So make sure you go do that. That's my teaser. And UC plays Saturday. Yep. The Wasabi Bowl. Wasabi Bowl. Against Louisville. All right. We're taking a break. We're back with a tracer in just a moment. All right. That's uh, our buddy Dusty Baker. He was on a couple of weeks ago. And uh, if you want to go back and listen to that, please do. All right, here he is. Twice a week, every Tuesday and Thursday, the best 30 minutes on television. And, and Tracer, I got to tell you, uh, Sharon is back again on the chat. Um, oh boy. And boy, uh, she the only time she shows up 
is, uh, is when you come on. She says, I'm so excited that Tracy is moments away. Well, I got to be honest with you. I checked Sharon out. And as my dad used to say, she's a hot piece of ass. I can't wait to hear her reaction to this because she has been all over the chat today and she is really, really excited. Hey, uh, we were talking before you got on today. Uh, Christmas gifts and Christmas. First of all, have you done any Christmas shopping yet? No, no, I no. Actually, I'm giving a present this afternoon to Hunter because we're leaving to go on the train tomorrow so i won't see him so i've he has two daughters we're uh, got some presents wrapped and a does all that stuff but i, I have to deliver something to hunter and uh, but that's about it I don't, I don't do much shopping i don't like to shop yeah, i don't I mean, like you, to go you, 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 look you, you're getting danae something we don't want to you know get into what it is and ruin the surprise but i mean this is your wife of, of nearly 14 years i mean there's no way you're not doing something for her, getting her something for Christmas, right? I, I did. I paid for that train ride to Santa Barbara. I think that's enough. Don't you? <laughs> hey, I, 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 I'm not a bank. You know, I, I really, I get frustrated. I'm a little frustrated today because I've had three people come to me asking to borrow money. And it gets real. And, and listen, I'll help anyone out. But don't tell me that you're going to borrow the money because they don't pay it back. A wise man told me he was 80 year old. His name was Dr. Rothschild. He was a child psychologist, doctor, very smart man. He says, Trace, when you get older, you're going to have people come to you and ask to borrow money. Say it's not borrowing. You give them the money because it'll affect your friendship, your relationship. If it's yep. a family member. Yep. So you just give them the money, but don't, don't come to me and say you want to borrow, you know, a few thousand dollars. Okay. I'll give you the money. Don't ask to borrow. It's just, that's a piece of advice for, I know you guys, uh, Polly and, and, uh, Casey, you guys are brokies, but one of these days you'll be making some money. And, uh, just remember, I told you, give them the money. Don't loan them the money. All right. Well, listen, there are a couple of topics that, uh, that we need you to cover for the ham and eggers and, uh, Casey. Paul, you want to say good morning to the Tracer? Good morning, Trace. Tracy, how are you today? I'm doing all right. Can I ask Casey something? Because he seems, he hasn't said much the last couple of shows. Are you having some issues at home, Casey? You know, Tracy, I've been, I've just been really stressed out lately because the wedding planning and, you know, recently my fiance brought up the issue about the 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 honeymoon and i started looking and i'm stressed out about it too it's hard finding a a trip that fits within the ham and budget it's it's tough um what is your budget what like, is the budget like three or four thousand in that range <laughs> sorry i thought you said three or four thousand what's it really like 25 i think is, is a good number. I think I get you a good place for 25. I could get you a six star resort for 25,000. No, I, I, I didn't miss. I, it's three or 4,000. That's all I'm working with. What about that? You guys are in Mason, right? Yeah. No, we're yeah. in Ham. What oh, about yeah, they just, live in Mason. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. What about just going to the Great Wolf Lodge there for a night? They got a swimming pool. 
Um, right, yeah, right across the street. I think there's an Outback. That would, I mean, if the shoe fits. Wear it. I mean, I, I don't know if my uh, fiance would like that too much. Uh, I think she really wants to to go somewhere. I don't know if uh, the Great Wolf Lodge would necessarily uh be the all right well, but, but let me let me let me just jump in here a minute tracy because before you got here today he was looking at some at you know the idea of an all-inclusive trip yes what would you what are your feelings about i, I told him i've only been to an all-inclusive trip one time it was fantastic that was my experience what about you i like all-inclusive what I don't like to do is reach into my pocket all the time, right? Yep. For you dinner, see, he took for the words right out. It's exactly what I just said to him. And, and especially the drinks. You got to watch the drinks, though. Down in Mexico, <laughs> down in Mexico, you might ask for top shelf. You're not getting top, top shelf. When you go to an all-inclusive and you sit down at their bar, you never see them break open a fresh bottle of Grey Goose, right? It's always like half empty. And it smells like tequila. They're adding something to the liquor so that's just a heads up because i bring my own liquor when i go to go to mexico but it's all inclusive i like it i'll have to remember that um but the the one <laughs> i won't be bringing great goose for sure but i, I i'll uh <laughs> maybe be bringing some bud light something like that you know i'll tell you i'll tell you a place and i think it's right in your budget is yeah. planet hollywood down in cancun i went there about eight months ago, I really liked that place. Really nice beach, uh, great restaurants, and it's kind of a younger crowd. I mean, a younger crowd, but here, let me just, you gotta be careful, Casey, here. A lot of young girls walking around with some clean heinies, if you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> so you need to just kind of look away. Remember, you just got married. Danae doesn't, Danae doesn't care. She don't mind me looking. She probably let me go out with Sharon. She don't care. You know, she's a, she's a California type girl, Tommy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, believe me, I know exactly what a you're saying. A bit of a swinger? <laughs> I, I, come on. Come on. Watch, come your, on. watch your mouth. But what about, okay, you've given him a, you know, now, now look, hey, we <coughs> wondered what Tracy had, but he just gave you an actual place you he ought did. to look into. Yeah, I'll look into and it. And you Can't meant that it. about Planet Hollywood, right? I mean, yeah, a yeah. decent place, affordable, yeah. right? And it's very reasonable. Actually, if I can step away from my character for a minute, it's right at that 4,000 price point. I think it was actually, yeah, 3,000. So it didn't cover the flight though. I think the flight, you can do that trip five days for 4,000 and it's good. I'll keep it Casey, in mind. you like it. You know, uh -huh. we've got some that are suggesting, you know, why not go camping at Houston Woods? Something like that. Uh, Tracy, uh, you probably have been out camping in, in your day. You know how to pitch a tent, build a campfire, all that kind of thing. If he decides no, that, maybe that, you, you're shaking your head no. You, you've never done that? No, of, I don't like to get California guys don't know how to do that sort of stuff, right? To you begin with, you can't burn wood in California, right? <laughs> yeah. right? I know how to pitch a tent. You do for real? No, I can't. No, I didn't think so. <laughs> All right. The other thing, though, Tracer, and, and uh, both of these guys, uh, Casey and Paul, are having a hard time deciding Christmas gifts. Now, Casey, he's engaged. <clears throat> Paul, he told us earlier he's coming up on his five-year dating anniversary. 
Oh, put a ring on it. <laughs> See? You know what happened, Tracer? To give you an idea how clueless Paul is, and I love Paul, I said to him on the air, I said, well, Paul, five-year dating anniversary, I can tell you there's only one thing she's interested in. And he looked at me like I had just asked him the mathematical equation that uh, led to the founding of gravity. So the whole marriage thing? Yeah, I mean, no clue. And so I asked Casey, we were on the air, I said, Casey, would you care to please fill in the blank for Paul? And he said exactly what you just said, which everybody on the planet knew except for Paul. Maybe that's the, one of the problems. Okay, let, let me tell you something about marriage, okay? It is extremely overrated, okay? It's overrated. You get married to have kids. If you don't have kids, then you shouldn't be married. There's nothing wrong. Look at Goldie Hawn and Kurt Russell, right? They've been together, not married. I mean, they have a great relationship. You get married to have kids. You know, getting married is overrated. Now, I love my wife. I love my wife. But she would probably tell you marriage is overrated. Danae waited till she was 40 years old, Tom. That's pretty old. That is. Right? That is. That's smart, I think. So what are you going to get her, Polly? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, Tracy. It's tough. We were we were talking about it earlier, and, and both of them said you got to get the ring. And I was like, well, we're gonna we're gonna need the Christmas bonus for that one because that's a little out of the price right. point right now. Well, you would know that. I know that. I know that you know that that about me. So I, I know. But it's uh, that's on uh, Thursday, and then we have Christmas right around the corner, ten days later. How much are you going to spend on the ring? What what price point is that? Well, I was thinking at least somewhere between ten to twenty dollars. <laughs> You'll be divorced real fast. You get a ring like that. Uh, Anonymous says on the chat, uh, "Don't go broke spending money on a honeymoon." Tracy, you're a money manager. That is your primary job in life. Yeah. Uh, and anonymous ads don't let the marriage cost more than the divorce divor, divorce lawyers. Ooh, that's nice. Let me tell you this about Mexico, and you really have to to watch out for this. Is there's been a lot of kidnappings? Okay, a lot of kidnappings. What they do, Paulie, they take you, and, and Casey, they take you, and then cut out your organ and then sell it in the black market. You've heard about this, right, Tom? I have. Happens all the time. So just watch out for that. Wait a second. Are, concerned. are there any organs I can sell for more money? <laughs> well, that's a great question because the, uh, actually, was it the, the liver goes for a lot of money. Well, so that depends on whose liver it is you're looking for. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Got to be real careful with that. Yeah, uh, nobody's trying to cut out mine and hand it to somebody else. <laughs> that I know for sure. <laughs> now, you know, you two guys, different ball game. I mean, yeah. you have been running the streets in Mount Adams or wherever. Although Dana Gardens, that place, uh, you drink two or three times in there, it's probably like drinking... 15 times somewhere else. You throw them back. Don't underestimate Mount Adams, though. Oh, Mount well, Adams. Nobody has. I, I, th those would never come off. No. Here, let me. You could get $25,000 for a kidney all day long. 
And you only need one kidney, right, Tom? No, Johnny Bench had one kidney taken out when he was playing, if I remember right, right? See? Yep. I think he did. I think a test I think a testicle goes for five thousand dollars. I played with a couple guys that only had one testicle. So there's there's parts on your body you can do without. <laughs> you won't have to worry about FSB if you sell one of those. Good point. Sharon <laughs> says here, Tracer says, make sure and this is to the guys. Sharon says, make sure you make her sign a prenup with a stipulation that you can divorce her with no money if she gains 20 pounds. Any thoughts on that one? Oh, you've got to have a weight clause in your prenuptial agreement. I do that every quarter with Danae. She hops on the scale. and I, 20 pounds, uh, that's way too much. Five pounds, and it's all over. Well, what do you think, Tom? Well, you know, look, uh, I, I'm, I'm very fortunate. My wife is, you know, she was an All-American runner. So she has always stayed and in, in very important to stay in tip-top shape. Not everybody has the time to do that. I often right. marvel, I have to say, and Danae's a working woman. Um, yes. I never had the kind of job uh, where um, I, I had to get up at, at, at 6 o'clock in the morning, go to work, not get home until 5.30, 6.30 at night with a wife, kids, dinner, all that kind of thing, and trying to find time to exercise. I'm being serious about this. I, I never had that kind of job. You know, with baseball, you're playing night games. If you wanted to exercise as a broadcaster, you had plenty of time early in the day to do it. I'm amazed at people and how they can find time to still exercise if you're working a job, oh. nine to five, or you know what I mean? That is such a lousy excuse. I can't believe you just said that. I mean it when you I can, said it. Well, I you're mean wrong. it. You People are come wrong, home like from work, they're old. tired, they want to see their wives, they want to see their kids, they want to see their husbands, they got to help good dinner together. Next thing you know, it's 9 o'clock. You and you're doing it all time. over the next day. You can find time. What I do, probably six days a week, is I refer to it as jonesercising. I jonesercise. And that is 300 push-ups and 100 sit-ups every single day. That is my goal. You can find time to take out. It takes me 22 minutes to do that. And you're good to go. You have to do something physically. That, that's a, there's no excuse. You can walk. You can do push-ups. You can do sit-ups. Or just watch what you eat as well. But I think there's always time to exercise. Okay. Okay. Um, Sorry. Wait. Tom, we have something for Tracy today. Yes, yep. we do, Tracer. Something new. Yep, we have a new, right. a brand new segment for you, Tracer. All right, Tracy, All here right. we go. Nervous. It's time to guess that player with friend of the show, first pick in the MLB draft, kind of, an overall good guy, <laughs> Mr. Tracy Jones. This is really getting high end. I'm yeah. telling you, this is the third like one it. of these they've had today alone. So, like Tracer. Someone's, you guys are doing a great job. Just thought I would tell you. You that. are. There's no doubt. Thank you. Thank you, Tracy. Um, we have here for you some hints, and you are supposed to guess who we're trying to describe here. Okay. This. Right. Go ahead. All right. This player was an all-star. He played on four teams. And he's more handsome than Tracy Jones. Those are your first three hints. 
Tony Phillips. No. No. Not quite. Okay, that's a start. That's a start. We'll give you some more hints now. He was a postseason gamer. Guys, do you know how many players I've played with? Hold on. All right. My, my book, right. that, my uh, book we're that I'm just write... getting started here. Don't get okay. frustrated yet. Go okay. ahead. I'm very frustrated. The book that I'm going to write, the title is, Did I Play With You? That's <laughs> the title of my book. Okay, give me right. some more. He was most known as a tiger. Well, mm. oh, would that be Trammell? No. no. Jack Morris. There you go. Hall of Famer, John Scott, Jack Morris. Great guy. Great guy. Love you know, that, Jack Now, there's Love a that. guy, Tracer, and we talk about it all the time, and I was making reference to another ultimate gamer. Whether you like him, don't like him, it's irrelevant, but just gamer. I use the name Kurt Schilling. Jack Morris, you are around this guy every day. There's a difference between the great ones and the guys who are trying to be great. Am I right or wrong? Well, you knew Jack was a real easygoing, nice guy until the day he pitched. Then it was all business. And I'll tell you who was even stronger going that way was Randy Johnson. Yeah, you didn't mess with Randy at all. Randy no, was no. Randy was a great. I I played with so many great people. Um, and I consider them friends, although I don't stay in touch with those guys. But those two guys, Jack Morris and Randy Johnson. And I'll throw in someone else that you guys know is Mario Soto. Oh, I mean, what a great pitcher. If he'd have pitched on better teams, it's, it, it's, it's always a shame when you see those guys who, you know, uh, just pitch on bad, bad teams for so long and, and think what they could have been or could have done. Soto was a guy who had the stuff to be a Hall of Famer. There's no doubt about that. Stuff. And he had a up. great, he had a great, great changeup, and loved to go to. Oh, never mind. Let's just say we went out a couple of times and had a good time. <laughs> um, football trace. Oh no, no, no! I, before we get to, to anything else, you're. So you have now been out and back. We were talking about this yesterday. You have been out and back to Southern California twice, roughly in the last seven days. Is that right? Yes. Yes. And you're going again yep. to Southern California tomorrow via the train. Right. Tomorrow night we leave out of, well, we leave out of Cincinnati and then go up to Chicago and then straight across. It's going to take two nights, I think. Three days, two nights. So, yeah, I'm going across. I, I'm looking forward to it. I love the train. Have you ever taken the train? You know no. what? I've always I've only taken the train very short distances, like your old stomping ground. I've taken it many times from L.A. to San Diego. Oh, you know, that's that a great trip, yeah. Yeah, great trip right along, right along the, uh, the ocean there. Um, so what are your accommodations like on a train? I was thinking about that because th this is something that sounds right up my alley that I think I would like a lot. And after you tell us about the accommodations, is it one of those deals where in some of the cities you stop and get out and walk around for a little while, like somewhere in no, Dakota or somewhere if it's warm enough to do it, anything like that? That's a really good question. They give you about 10 minutes. We're, we don't have that trip where you can, you, you can pay for that trip where you get off and you can visit the city, but this one gives you 10 minutes. So you're just walking off 
the train and then getting right back on. But the accommodations are pretty good. The rooms are really small, but we have our own bathroom. We have our little sleeper. Uh, the food is very good. And we had to actually pick out our breakfast, lunch, and dinner the other day. So they gave you a bunch of choice. I'm getting the, the flat iron steak. Yep. Amtrak famous for. And the French toast for breakfast. Well, now, that's, now Trace, uh, uh, Casey, this might be an idea. You know what? It could be. I wouldn't, do it, in the, I wouldn't do it in the winter. No. And I'm kind of curious, you know, I'm just kind of thinking out loud here, is that I wonder if this is one of those deals, Tracy, where, let's just say, for example, um, you pay for whatever you pay for, right? But it's one of those deals where maybe you leave Chicago in the summer months, okay, when the weather's going to be good, and you could stop somewhere um, I don't know, Jackson Hole, Wyoming. I don't know where the, the, yeah, the train yeah. goes through or something like that. But you get off for a day or two. You know, you go hiking for a couple of days, check out Jackson Hole. And then when the next train comes through, whether that's two or three days later, okay, now you jump on that one. You get to somewhere near what, Tracy, Seattle? Somewhere close? I would do the Seattle. I, I would. I think our trip is hitting across to Seattle this time. Last time we went south, we're going north, and I think we land in Seattle and then down to Santa Barbara or Ventura, I should say. But so yeah, see, Casey, listen. To piece together a nice little honeymoon yeah. here. Here's that's a great idea. All seriousness, that's about a four thousand dollar trip, three or four. I'd say about thirty five hundred. But get the one train that you can get off and hop back on. So, so you go back and forth. And like Tom said, if you go to some of these cities and they stop at these great little cities, um, you know, st spend the day. But I think it'd be very romantic if you're into that. I'm not into being romantic, but <laughs> food's good. Yeah, that is a good idea. I'll bring it up. So I'll see what go. the wife says. So there we go. Okay. Now here, one more thing. One yep. more thing on the train. Yep. Uh, the food is good, but it does not include liquor the wine is $25 a, uh, a bottle, and the mixed drinks are $7.50. See, I'm always about the money, Tom. $7.50. So here's the kicker. You could bring your own alcohol. Oh, okay. Hmm. Okay. Just an idea. Save you some money. It's not a bad idea. Bring it's not it a up. bad idea at all. So Get her all have. liquored up. <laughs> all right. So, Tracy, are you joining us from the train on Thursday? You know, I'm hopefully I can do something. I've got to see where if I'm on the train, I'll do the show. So hopefully. Well, where else are you going to be? Well, we could you be don't in get off. We could be in between places. There's a, we're going to a place and having to spend the night one night. I didn't know about this. And then taking the train. Um, I got you. Okay. So you we are. We are what's the town you're spending the night in? Maybe we'll send you a gift basket out. or something. It was, I think it's like a lousy place like Fresno. Oh. I think it's like Fresno. So it's not Jackson Hole, Wyoming, which I think has the richest per capita as far as people in Jackson Hole, Wyoming, right? Very yeah. wealthy. Yeah, all the private Very planes wealthy. in and out of there. You know about all that world, that highfalutin yep. world. Yeah, yeah. All right, Tracer. Uh, anything else you'd like to add to the peanut gallery before we let you go? And, and you're embarking on your trip. Speaking about embarking, that was a good lead in. Talking about money. 
I cannot believe how much money I'm spending on Tucker. I mean, my God, you know, Tucker's going with us. He can't go on the train, so we're flying him tomorrow night to to LA and he's gonna stay in a kennel. She's getting the dog groomer right now. That's $85. He's not even here. He's at the groomer. Yesterday, I took him to the vet. That was $135. Yeah, those aren't the cheap kennel, these days. The kennel is $45 a night. And that poor guy, I mean. You're forgetting the Tommy, I know how you love. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And the nudicles I spent $10,000. So, yeah, he's. He's well, really that's because you bought them for a, um, uh, what was the breed of dog? You, a Mastiff instead of more his size, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. but he's real proud of those nudicles. I mean, they drag on the ground and all the time. I'll tell you, he's the most popular dog at the dog park. I've told you, those female dogs all over Tucker. Even a couple of the male dogs. I don't know what that, that's fine. I don't, I'm just saying. There's a German Shepherd that's a little... Shaky. Okay. <laughs> Fellas, you want to say goodbye to Tracer? Tracy, we'll see you on Tuesday. Yeah, I liked our new game, though. Thursday. I got Jack Morris. I should have come up with that answer a little earlier. No, that, I tell you, that was a that was a good answer because uh, Jack Norris, Jack Morris, big-time gamer. You, know, you only needed about three clues there. I mean, the first two or three are always vague yeah. just to see if, like, you know, uh, name that tune. You know, you just happen to know the first two notes for whatever, and boom. boom. Okay, most of the time it's going to take three or four. And yeah. Sharon, uh, lastly, wants to know, Tracy, can you find her a pit bull poodle? Oh, I don't like poodles. Okay, all right. That's I, enough. I, you and Sharon, I, I obviously, uh, that, 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 that's, that's done now. Okay. All right. Tracer, take care. Thanks for your time today. We'll see you on hey, safe travels on the train. Seriously, we would, you know, hope you and Danae have a great time. Oh, well. All right, boys. Take it easy. I'll talk to you on Thursday. That's yep. a deal. See you, Tracy. Tracy Jones. I love that, that, that lead-in on that new segment. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Kermit. Whose voice was that? Kermit. Kermit. Yeah, whose voice was that? It was Kermit. Had to, Tom. Had to go to the top. We we okay. shelled out the big bucks for that segment. Okay. Uh, all right, cherry on top. We got something for you. Here we go. Okay. <laughs> so, so, in the spirit of Mike Leach, who passed away yesterday, uh, last night at the age of 61, and in the spirit of marriage advice from Tracy Jones, we present this all-time gem from Mike Leach. Oh, I love this guy. Your fiance's gonna lose her mind. Your mother-in-law is gonna lose her mind. Your mom is gonna lose her mind. Several of your sisters and uh, female relatives are gonna lose their mind. And, um, and they're, gonna, they're gonna barrage you with constant questions. What should we wear? And then, uh, which of course my answer was, I don't care. And then uh, what color should the invitations be? I don't care. Uh, what should we have for dessert? I don't care. Should we seat this this way or th that that way? I don't care. And, but see, I don't care is not satisfactory at all. And you're gonna get caught in a catch-22 and I'm certain that you already have. And that catch-22 is, well, I want you to be a part of this too. Uh, so what color invitations? Um, 
All right, the blue ones. Well, I kind of like uh, I kind of like the tan ones. Okay, the tan ones then. Oh, you're just saying that because uh, 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 you want this over with. You're not even thinking about it, which is of course true. Uh, what do you want for dessert? I was thinking of strawberry shortcake. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, strawberry shortcake would be good. Well, what about the blueberry pie? Well, I like the blueberry pie. We could have the blueberry pie. Well, I thought you said you wanted the strawberry shortcake. And it's just going to go back and forth, and they're going to play keep away from you until uh, after you're married. There's no answer you can give that is going to be satisfactory or correct. And if you successfully uh, please a few of them, the others will still be, oh, well, I just don't feel like he's that interested. Yeah, okay, so, so you need to work late. Uh, go in the back room and read a lot of books. Uh, take the groomsmen out so you make sure that they march in just right and they know exactly, you know, these swell outfits that you picked out or whatever, however you're doing it. Um, and in the end, you'll wish you a lope. Uh, you need to find um, excuses uh, that they'll buy uh, to be as far out of harm's way as you possibly can. He's the best. He was the best. You know, it, it, you know, when you read his whole bio, and I know we're getting near the end, a lot of people can read about it today, but when you read about some of the countless interests this guy had, avid outdoorsman, love to travel, especially his favorite place, talked about it all the time, was Key West, Florida. He got a law degree from Pepperdine. Don't know if anybody knew that. He was an attorney. He co-authored a book on Geronimo and the Apache leader's approach to leadership. He grew up in Cody, Wyoming, got his undergree at BYU where he played rugby. He was never a football player. But he loved following and studying the legendary Hall of Fame BYU coach when he was there, Lavelle Edwards, and his offense. And uh, he had an affinity for pirates. He would talk about pirates all the time. Uh, and he had a life-size statue of a singing pirate in his office. It was a gift from Hall of Fame basketball coach Bobby Knight. Who was the basketball coach at Texas Tech when uh, Leach was in Lubbock as a football coach? So only fitting that um, our cherry on top is the late great Mike Leach. You will be missed. God bless you and your soul and your family. Thank all of you for watching, and we'll look forward to seeing you tomorrow.